Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Tuesday, June 15th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's prices. So first up, we got BTC at $40,064, up 2.31%. Then we have number two, Ethereum at $2,576, at 2.74% up. Then we got Tether at $1, just a little bit up by 0.02%. At number four, Binance Coin at $368.41, up 0.89%. At number five, Cardano at ADA, $1.56 and 0.39%. Next is Dogecoin at $0.32 and just a little bit up by 0.01%. XRP at number seven, $0.88, up 0.17%. Wow, what a big jump for Polkadot at number eight, $25.19. 14.39% 14.39% up. Then at number nine, USD coin at $1 at 0.01%. And then Uniswap at number 10, $24.04 up 4.39%. So let's take a look at the crypto fear and greed index. Uh, right now it is at fear 38. Yesterday was at 28. Last week was extreme fear at 13. And last month as of today was extreme fear with 20. So again, what is the fear and greed index? Well, basically, we can see that extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So I'd like to welcome everyone to the Dave's Daily Crypto Take. And I just want to say thank you to all the subscribers and listeners and watchers. This channel has been fairly new, so I just love all the support that everyone's been giving. We're just watching or even just listening to the podcast on their daily commute or doing their daily errands or whatnot. So yes, thank you again. Uh, Please spread the love and spread the news. Basically, let's try and learn this whole crypto thing together and just see if we can go to the moon and see what comes in the future. So uh, today we got six articles. We're going to take a look at article number one. And uh, article tar- title is Millennial Millionaires Have Invested Half of Their Wealth in Crypto. So <clears throat> rich millennials, million, millennials, sorry, rich millennials have harnessed the crypto boom to make even more cash, according to a new survey. What does this mean for the wider investment industry? So Over the last few months, investing in cryptocurrency has become an ubiquitous as grabbing a morning coffee on the way to work. And if you weren't at it, you've probably still found yourself having or overhearing conversations about what coins were worth investing in, the legitimacy of crypto as a means of replacing fiat currency, and its impact on the environment. Unsurprisingly, those who earn big bucks have significantly invested in crypto this past year too. According to a survey carried out by CNBC this year, almost half of millennial millionaires, that's anyone born between 1981 and 1996, have invested at least 25% of their wealth in cryptocurrency, while more than one-third have invested 50%. Spectrum Group conducted the survey of 750 investors with at least $1 million in investable assets. According to the company's president, George Walker, Younger investors jumped on crypto early when it was not as well known. 
they were more intellectually engaged with the idea, even though it was new. Older investors and boomers were largely saying, is this legit? As for NFTs, almost half of those surveyed claim to own some, while 40% of those who don't have at least considered purchasing one. Meanwhile, no baby boomer millionaires have more than 10% of their wealth invested in crypto, and 98% don't own NFTs. These results highlight a generational divide in terms of wealth creation, as younger investors are able to generate wealth thanks to their understanding of volatile cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, this has the potential to hugely disrupt the wealth management and private banking industry. So one thing is clear though, whether you've got bags of cash to spend or not, there's plenty of money to be made by putting cash into cryptocurrency. Invest wisely. So yes, millennial millionaires have invested half of their wealth in crypto. How about you? Do you fit in the millennial group? Have you invested in crypto? Comment down below. Article number two is crypto wallet app Ledger Live integrates its first DeFi platform, Paraswap. <clears throat> so crypto hardware wallet maker Ledger has integrated the first decentralized finance DeFi platform, Paraswap, into its Ledger Live app. The integration allows Ledger Live users to swap tokens on the Ethereum blockchain via Paraswap without leaving their wallets. Paraswap is a decentralized exchange, DEX, aggregator that supports various DeFi protocols, including Uniswap, ShusiSwap, Balancer, and Curve. When asked why Ledger chose Paraswap over other similar platforms such as OneInch, Ledger's chief experience officer, Ian Rogers, told the block that the aggregator offers an easy-to-use interface. Both Ledger and Paraswap are based in Paris, France. <clears throat> Looking ahead, Ledger Live looks to support DeFi platforms, said Rogers, without sharing any specific platform names. We're looking to integrate really anything that has a connect your wallet button on their platform, said Rogers. The Ledger Live app was launched in 2018 and enables buyers of Ledger's hardware wallets to buy, sell, and stake crypto from within the app. Ledger claims to have more than 1.5 million monthly users for the app. So Ledger recently entered the unicorn list after closing $380 million Series C funding last week, which pushed its valuation to more than $1.5 billion. So yeah, Ledger Live is already getting the crypto wallet app into it and it's integrated into its DeFi platform, Paraswap. Be on the lookout for Paraswap. Article number three is, there's a massive short in commodities. If Fed ignores inflation, I'd buy commodities, crypto, gold, Paul Tudor Jones says. So here, if the Federal Reserves once again ignores inflation at this week's meeting, billionaire hedge fund manager Paul Tudor Jones said he'd be buying commodities, crypto, and gold. The argument that inflation is transistory does not make sense, but to Jones, the founder and chief investment officer of Tudor Investment. If Fed treats inflation numbers, which were material events with nonchalance, then it's just a green light to bet heavily on every inflation trade. The idea that inflation is transistory, it doesn't work the way I see the world, Jones told CNBC on Monday. 
I would be really concerned about arguing that inflation is transitory when we have inventories at a record low, we have demanding screaming, and we have people who are really underinvested where they should be given the valuations of a variety of financial assets. The Federal Reserve's monetary policy meeting wraps up Wednesday. Fed Chair Jerome Powell is scheduled to speak at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time following the interest rate announcement. If they say we're on the path, things are good, then I would just go all in on the inflation trades. I'd probably buy commodities, buy crypto, buy gold, Jones said. In contrast, if the Fed decides to change its inflationary transitory stance, markets could be caught off guard. If they course correct, if they say we've got incoming data, we've accomplished our mission, or we're on the way very rapidly to accomplishing our mission on employment, then you're going to get a tapered temper. Well, Jones said, you're going to get a sell-off in fixed income. You're going to get a correction in stocks. Jones also pointed out that commodities are one of the inflation trades that long-term investors should be in right now. So commodities are a finite supply, small markets, generally speaking. And if we ever got inflationary psychology, like for instance, when we did when I was in the 20s back in the 70s, if we ever get that again, and if you ever got retail actually nervous about Bitcoin and about inflation, then the one last thing that inflation leads, which is commodity prices, could double or triple with no problem, he described. On top of that, there is a massive short in the commodity complex, Jones added, comparing the levels of assets under management invested in commodity indices now versus 2011. I'll look at $88 trillion of assets under management by asset managers. Of that, $670 billion are invested in commodity indices. That's about three quarters of 1%. If I were to rewind to 2011, when inflation was peaking at 3%, those same investors have 1.2% of their assets, he said. If I just look where the asset managers are, the 60-40 types, the one thing they should be invested in, they are not invested in. So you've got this massive short in the commodity complex. Double or tripling of commodity prices could easily happen if institutional money comes back to space. However, if the Reddit crowd gets involved, the situation could get more extreme. What happens if the red Reddit crowd ever gets into commodities? God forbid if the bullies of the financial markets were ever taken on, for instance, like retail did back in the 70s, he said. On top of that, Jones confirmed his positive stance on Bitcoin and gold, referring to the former also as portfolio diversifier and a story of wealth. The only thing I know for certain, I want 5% in gold, 5% in Bitcoin, 5% in cash, 5% in commodities. At this point in time, I don't know what I want to do with the other 80% until I see what the Fed is going to do, he said. The comments failed to move gold, which is sealing, seeing a sell-off after failing to breach the $1,900 an ounce level last week. At the time of writing, August Comics futures were trading at 1866.10, down 0.72% on the day. On the other hand, Bitcoin did see substantial gains, with the cryptocurrency jumping nearly 8% on the day to trade above $39,000. But Bitcoin also reacted to Tesla CEO Elon Musk's latest tweet, 
that said that Tesla would resume Bitcoin transactions once mining is done with more clean energy. Musk also confirmed that Tesla sold about 10% of its Bitcoin holdings to make sure that BTC could be liquidated easily without moving the market. So in the Cointelegraph Twitter account, it stated, did you see? Elon Musk is catching flack again, but what's it for this time? Signia CEO Magda Wojcicka lambasted him saying, what we have seen with Bitcoin price is price manipulation by one very powerful and influential individual. Signia CEO criticized Elon Musk for alleged Bitcoin pump and dump. But Elon Musk, he reacted with his Twitter and his reply was, this is inaccurate. Tesla only sold 10% of holdings to confirm BTC could be liquidated easily without moving market. When there's confirmation of reasonable 50% clean energy usage by miners with positive future trend, Tesla will resume allowing Bitcoin transactions. So yes, again, with there is a massive short in commodities. If Fed ignores inflation, I'd buy commodities, crypto, and gold. And that is what Paul Tudor Jones said. So right now, uh, right, we're in the middle of our video and podcast. So I just like to say thank you very much to all the listeners and subscribers and watchers. Um, this channel, Dave's Daily Crypto Take, is fairly new. So I just want to say thank you very much. I always, always listen to all your comments. I always read it. I always want to get all the feedback. So yes, uh, please subscribe to all the social network uh, outlets, whether it's going to be on YouTube, uh, whether it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. Please show the love and please give some support. So again, thank you very much. Let's continue. So uh, for article number four, uh, we got the title, The World Economic Forum's Cryptocurrency Guide lists its choice of winning projects. So the World Economic Forum, WEF, has published its community paper on cryptocurrency. It contains information on getting started, exploring the blockchain, and so on. It also lists several cryptocurrencies that meet its scalability stamp of approval. As an influential body, some of them have taken this to mean that the WEF has selected its choice of winning cryptocurrency projects, which, if rumors are to be believed, will receive a significant push over the coming years. So, the WEFC cryptocurrency as transformational. Various centralized authorities and their representatives have sent mixed messages surrounding cryptocurrency and its role in the future society. This includes ECB president Christine Lagarde, who earlier this year blasted Bitcoin's funny business in facilitating money laundering, and U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who pointed out Bitcoin's limitations as a payment mechanism. And much like Lagarde, it used in illicit financing. To quote, to the extent it is used, I fear it's often for illicit finance. It's an extremely inefficient way of conducting transactions, and the amount of energy that's consumed in processing those transactions is staggering. Nonetheless, the Swiss-based International Organization for Public-Private Cooperation has signaled its approval of cryptocurrency via its latest guide. The 22-page report details practical guidance for both individuals and corporate professionals on transacting 
dApps, and governance systems, scalability, and consideration of regulations. So to quote, as cryptocurrency transform how we trade, transact, and interact online, it has become more important than ever for technology leaders to have experience with these innovations. As expected, the report mentions the big two, Bitcoin and Ethereum, even dedicating an entire section to Ethereum to discuss its pro programmability and usefulness in facilitating technological innovation. Along with that, in the throughput and scalability section, the report also lists six cryptocurrency projects with brief text on their ability to handle large volumes of transactions. They are Algorand, Cardano, Celo, XRPL, Solano, and Stellar. The Great Reset. During COVID times, the WEF has caught the attention of many truth seekers. They raise concerns over the WEF's role in steering the world recovery. So among the WEF's predictions by 2030 is, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Some have described this future scenario as a centralized system of control and manipulation. Even a throwback to medieval feudal society, which consisted of a bottom rung of the peasantry who were slaves to the land owners. Reuters have fact-checked this dated goal and dismissed it because it was a reference to the trend towards the prevalence of renting over ownership. False. The World Economic Forum does not have a stated goal to have people own nothing and be happy by 2030. Its Agenda 2030 framework outlines an aim to ensure all people have access to ownership and control over land and other forms of property. So either way, should investors take the WF's mention of Algorand, Cardano, Celo, ARC XRPL, Solano, and Seller as cryptocurrency projects to watch for in the future? Comment below and let me know what you think. Up next for article number five, we got Mark Cuban. So Mark Cuban, uh, he says he breaks down the DeFi ecosystem and how he profits from yield farming in a new blog. Here are the eight best quotes. So what are the quotes? Well, Mark Cuban says he has entered the world of decentralized finance or DeFi through yield farming. The billionaire says he is making a 206% return on one of his DeFi investments. Cuban also warned many DeFi companies will eventually go out of business. So Mark Cuban made the majority of his fortune selling Broadcast.com to Yahoo for $5.7 billion in stock near the height of the dot-com bubble. Now, the billionaire owner of the Dallas Mavericks says he is earning money another way through yield farming. Cuban has become a liquidity provider on DeFi, decentralized finance exchanges, where he earns rewards for enabling users to swap between tokens. The Shark Tank stars said he is uh, seeing annualized returns of over 200% from the tactic in some cases. DeFi is an umbrella term that refers to blockchain-run, decentralized financial applications that are seeking, looking to muscle into the territory held by the traditional financial intermediaries like banks. Cuban broke down his entrance into DeFi in a new blog, highlighting the advantages of what he calls a model for future technology businesses and possibly all businesses. So let's take a look at eight quotes. Here are the billionaire's eight best quotes from the blog. 
lightly edited and condensed for clarity. Number one, in a money exchange business or even a banking business, you have the financial depth to be able to offer the range of needed currencies and services. You need to be able to afford to hedge the risk of pricing volatility between currencies. If you want to do this business with scale across the world, it can be very expensive and risky, but not for DeFi exchanges. What makes running a DeFi exchange so much better than a traditional centralized financial business of this and any kind is that rather than the owners of the business, investors, and their creditors putting up capital for all the transactions to take place, liquidity providers, LPs, do it for them. Quote number two, I'm a small LP liquidity provider for QuickSwap. I provide two different tokens, DAI and Titan, that enable QuickSwap to offer swaps between these two tokens. As you can see here, this pair is one of many. And you can also see that based on the 0.25% of volume in this swap that QuickSwap pays, my return on my initial 75K investment based on fees only as of this writing, is an annualized return of about 206%. Quote number three. So in exchange for providing the liquidity both Titan and QuickSwap need for their business, I get 0.25% of the transaction volume for swaps between these two tokens. As long as I keep making a good return, I will keep my money invested. Volatility can create mark-to-market losses. If not, I can immediately withdraw it. Some platforms have a hold period for penalties. Have enough LPs and the exchange is far more capital efficient than a similar traditional exchange business. And I get to make some money. Quote number four. Consider Dave and Buster's tokens. When you buy their tokens, you can only use them in their arcades. You can't use them at others. One of the foundational business of DeFi is the ability to exchange the cones, co tokens of one project for those of another. That is why they call them exchanges. If the exchange is decentralized, they call it a DEX. Quote number five. Every business or financial software service or application business has cloud computing and operating costs that very often grow faster than their revenues. This is not a surprise. It is exactly why software companies raise significant amounts of capital in order for their software to eat the world. Companies like Polygon's capital needs are very different. Why? Because rather than building their business exclusively on the cloud computing platforms like AWS, their businesses are decentralized. The foundation of decentralization is built upon an independent party putting up their own capital to provide computing resources in order to support the network platform. Quote number six, any other business you have to raise a load of money in order to host your own servers are more likely pay for cloud computing costs, which can be insanely expensive for compute intensive applications and just as expensive for scaling heavy use applications. Plus, you have to hire all the people, have the CapEx to support them, etc. In the decentralized crypto world, these third parties, miners, validators, etc., 
provide the computing power that effectively runs the platform in exchange for rewards in the token of that network. Quote number seven, if Polygon or any other competitors took a traditional centralized business path where they controlled and owned everything, they would have to have raised not just millions, but potentially much, much more. Instead, they create a near zero cost token that they can distribute in accordance with the tokenomics they define to their community. Last, number eight. That is not to say that the easy, every crypto blockchain or DeFi project will work. They won't. These facts are not a secret in the crypto world. There is an incredible amount of competition. So much, in fact, many, if not most, will not work. They will not get enough users or generate enough fees to succeed. Crypto is brutally competitive. But in crypto versus traditional, centralized businesses, all other things being equal, I'm taking crypto every time. So again, this is Mark Cuban and he breaks down the DeFi ecosystem and how he profits from field yield farming in a new blog. So uh, what do you think about Mark Cuban and his take on DeFi ecosystem? And which quote was the best one that you thought was pretty interesting to listen to? Uh, if you think Mark Cuban is a genius, please comment below. All right, we're going to look at the last article for the day. And it is called, Here's How Much Energy It Really Takes to Mine Bitcoin and Why People Are Concerned. So cryptocurrency takes a lot of power to keep things running. Is it true or is it false? Well, let's take a look. Elon Musk, Tesla CEO and the cryptocurrency cheerleader, shook the crypto market when he said his company would no longer accept Bitcoin for vehicle purchases in a May 13 tweet. Musk referred to an increase in the use of coal and other fossil fuels to generate power used for mining as a reason behind his decision. The fallout from the tweet, the price of Bitcoin dropped 14% and it continued to fall after. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and other popular cryptos reached record highs this year, raising concerns about the amount of energy needed to mine the coins. Warehouses of Bitcoin mining Rigs run 24 hours a day, consuming more power than the whole of Argentina. As the energy bill for crypto mining rises, so does the amount of carbon and waste, adding to growing climate crisis. So Elon Musk, on May 14th, his tweet said, To be clear, I strongly believe in crypto, but it can't drive a massive increase in fossil fuel use, especially coal. So what do you think? Do you think that's what the crypto mining uh, take is? Well, here's what you need to know about crypto mining and its energy uses. Question is, what is cryptocurrency mining? When Bitcoins are traded, computers across the globe race to complete a computation that creates a 64-digit hexadecimal number or hash for that Bitcoin. So this hash goes into a public ledger so anyone can confirm the transaction for that particular Bitcoin happened. The computer that solves the computation first gets a reward of 6.2 Bitcoins or about $225,000 at current prices. Other cryptocurrencies use similar mining technologies contributing to the overall energy usage. So what is a crypto mining rig? 
It's a bare bones computer with multiple graphics cards or GPUs. Instead of the single card standard, rigs usually use powerful GPUs from NVIDIA and AMD to handle calculations and require high wattage power supplies. The popularity of mining has led to a shortage of graphic cards. So why is crypto mining so energy intensive? Well, for starters, graphic cards on mining rigs work 24 hours a day. That takes up a lot more power than browsing the internet. A rig with three GPUs consume 1,000 watts of power or when, more when it's running, the equivalent of having a medium-sized window AC unit turned on. Crypto mining businesses can have hundreds or even thousands of rigs in one location. A mining center in Kazakhstan is equipped to run 50,000 mining rigs. So not only do rigs take up power, they also generate heat. The more rigs you have, the hotter it gets. If you don't want your rigs to get melted, you need some cooling. Many mining rigs have multiple built-in computer fans, but if you have multiple rigs, the room quickly gets hot, requiring external cooling. Small operations like those run by individuals can get by with a typical standing fan. Mining centers, however, need a lot more cooling, which in turn requires even more electricity. So how much energy does mining really take? Well, the DigiEconomist Bitcoin Energy Consumption Index estimated that one Bitcoin transaction takes 1,544 kilowatts per hour to complete or the equivalent of approximately 53 days of power for the average U.S. household. To put that into money terms, the average cost per kilowatt in the U.S. is 13 cents. That means a Bitcoin transaction would generate more than $200 in energy bills. Bitcoin mining used more energy than Argentina, according to an analysis from Cambridge University in February. At 121.36 terawatt hours, crypto mining would be in the top 30 of countries based on energy consumption. So why is taking up so much energy bad for the environment? Well, fossil fuels account for more than 60% of the energy sources in the U.S. A majority of that percentage is natural gas and a minority is coal. The carbon dioxide produced by fossil fuels is released into the atmosphere where it absorbs heat from the sun and causes the greenhouse effect. As mining rigs consume more energy, nearby power plants must produce more electricity to compensate which raises the likelihood that more fossils will be used. States that have struggling coal power plants, such as Montana, New York, and Kentucky, are trying to cash in by wooing crypto mining companies. So question is, what's being done about this energy problem? Well, not much. The third global crypto asset benchmarking study from the University of Cambridge found that 70% of miners base their decision on what coin to mine on the daily reward amount. The energy consumption made up only 30% of their choice. Access to renewable energy at a low price, however, attracts crypto miners. China's Sichuan province has the country's second largest miners due to its abundance of cheap hydroelectric power. Its rainy season helps to generate so much energy that sites, cities are looking for blockchain firms to relocate in order to avoid wasting power. 
Musk said in May he spoke with North American miners and they committed to using renewable energy sources. He then tweeted on June 13th that Tesla would allow Bitcoin transactions again if there was reasonable clean energy usage, which he listed at being approximately 50%. So a Cointelegraph Twitter account, it said, did you see Elon Musk is catching flack again, but what's it for this time? Signia CEO Magda Wojcicka lambasted him saying, what we have seen with the Bitcoin is price manipulation by one very powerful and influential individual. So Elon Musk replies, this is inaccurate. Tesla only sold 10% of holdings to confirm BTC could be liquidated easily without moving market. When there's confirmation of reasonable 50% clean energy usage by miners with positive future trend, Tesla will resume allowing Bitcoin transactions. And this quote was tweeted at June 14, 2021. The operators of Ethereum, second most popular blockchain behind Bitcoin, are doing something to change the amount of energy its miners consume. Ethereum 2.0 is an upgrade that will be completed sometime this year or in 2022. Instead of computers trying to solve computations, referred to as proof of work, Computers will be randomly selected to create blocks for the blockchain, while computers that weren't selected will validate those blocks created. To ensure miners do their job, each miner has to stake 32 Ethereum coins, also called Ether, which is equivalent to $85,000. Hence, the term for this protocol is called proof of stake. This change reduces the amount of energy needed for Ethereum mining. So the next question is, what other cryptos are more energy efficient than Bitcoin? Well, a growing number of coins, there are more than 10,000 of them, use the proof-of-stake protocol that Ethereum 2.0 will transition to, resulting in a drop in power consumption. Cardano, for example, uses its own proof-of-stake protocol and consumes 6 gigawatt hours annually. To put that in perspective, Cardano's energy use is a GWH and half a shy of providing enough power for the South Pacific Island country of Niue, with its population of 1,620 people for a year. By comparison, Bitcoin uses 126.09 terawatt hours annually, which is equivalent to the amount of energy Pakistan, with its population of 225 million, uses each year. So, Following Musk's May 13 tweet, Cardano reached record highs because it was seen as an environmentally friendly alternative to Bitcoin. Its price peaked at $2.47 on May 16, but its value fell and is currently at $1.57. So again, what do you think about crypto mining? Well, how much energy does it really take to mine a Bitcoin and why people are concerned? Do you think this is all smoke and mirrors or do you really think this is something that we need to take care of so comment below and let me know what you think so let's finish up today's uh crypto take with again the crypto prices let's look at number one btc is at forty thousand dollars ethereum is at twenty five hundred dollars tether at number three with one dollar binance coin at number four with three hundred and sixty eight dollars Cardano at number five with $1.56. Dogecoin at number six, 32 cents. XRP, number seven at 88 cents. 
Number eight, Polkadot at $25.19. And number nine, USD coin with a buck. And rounding out at number 10, Uniswap at $24.04. So that wraps it up for Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Again, thank you so much for all the listeners. Please subscribe, share, do as much as you can to spread the news and this channel out because the more listeners, the more watchers, the better I can give you more updates and news. So again, um, thank you so much and I'll see you in the next one. See you tomorrow, everyone. Have a good crypto day. Peace.